Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. From His abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. And I hope after the last couple of weeks that you've got this idea and this picture that we serve a God who is just greater than we can ever imagine, who does more than we can even believe, who just has incredible resources for us, and He loves giving it to us. So because we serve a God like that, what kind of people should we be? How should we act? And so this morning, that's what I want to talk to you about. Now, I could use a lot of areas of our life to illustrate this, and I'll, I'll throw all of them in there, but I'm principally going to use the illustration, because it's just so simple, about money. Now aren't you glad you came today? Because here's what Billy Graham said. Billy Graham said, if a person gets their attitude right about money and gets it straight, it will straighten out almost every other area of their life. So you and I have to deal with that on a regular basis. So how do we do that? What kind of people should we be since we serve a God of abundance? Well, first of all, we are to be givers. We are to be a people who are willing to give. God so loved that he gave. Out of his love for us, out of his character, out of his personality, God is a God who gives. Love gives. Love gets in trouble when you stop giving. And so you and I are to be givers with our love, with our resources. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. Give freely and become more wealthy. How in the world can that be? Well, I'll tell you how it can be. Because we serve a God of abundance. Be stingy and lose everything. When you stop giving your love, you lose a lot of relationships, don't you? But when you keep giving it, you get more. When you stop giving your money to God, you lose a lot. Proverbs 21, 25. Despite their desires, the lazy will come to ruin, for their hands refuse to work. Some people are always greedy for more but the godly love to give. We love to give. And then Jesus says in Matthew chapter 25, verse 29, to those who use well what they're given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And so when it comes to my resources, I am to make God's kingdom my primary concern, correct? So I give to him my life, my resources, and I am generous in doing that. My time, my talent, my treasure. God is a giver, and I'm to be like him. And if I give, I am like God. When I give my love to people... I'm like God. When I refuse to give, when all I want to do is take, I become more like Satan. And I've heard it said in this world, you are either a giver or a taker. And what Scripture tells us, you and I are to be generous and to be givers, and the more I give, God says, if you will give, I will give back to you. If you will give to me your treasure, I'll give more back to you. 
If you'll give to me your time, I'll give you more. See, God created a day called the Sabbath, right? First day of the week, day of rest, right? God says, I'm going to give that to you. And if you'll give me that day, I will give you more energy and enough time to do everything you need to do and all the others. Now, if we believe he's a God of abundance, we have to believe that, correct? So we are givers. That's who we are as a Christian. I am willing to give my life to God. And you see, the, maybe you're listening today and you're hearing this and you're saying, well, I, I won't want to do that. And there are a lot of people who say, I don't want to give my life to God. I want to take care of my life. I want to run my life. And if you run your life, you will ruin your life. But if you give your life away, you will have life. And so you and I are to be a giver because we serve a God who has abundantly all I need, and if I will give, he will give me more. Guaranteed. Secondly, now this is going to take you another step. We are to be generous in our giving. Because so, here's the first question. Well, if I'm a giver, how much do I got to give? Tell me what the baseline is. Tell, tell me what I, I got to do. How much do I have to do to be considered a giver? In this relationship, how much do I have to give to someone else in order to be really a giver and before I quit giving and start demanding? You're to be generous. You're to give more than what is expected. You are to give more than what people think is reasonable. God so loved, he gave, and his son did what? He died. That's how far his love and generosity went to us. Psalm 37, 21. The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. And so in your giving of your time, your resources, you should be giving and people should be looking at you going, you're giving all of that? You better keep some. You better take care of that. Generous givers. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop crop. Now, we talked about this before. God can only bless you with what you give to Him. And if you only give to Him a small part of your life, you have now limited what He can do for you. But when you are generous in what you give to Him, He is generous in return to you. Principle of Scripture. And so you and I are to be givers by nature and by heart. Once I become a Christian, I am a person who is willing to give my life away for God. If you, if you lose your life, the Bible says, you'll find it. And I'm to be generous in that. 1 Timothy 6.17. Teach those who are rich in this world. By the way, every person in the room, you're rich. You're much richer than anybody else in the world. You're rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God. Now, now, don't miss this. Who gives, who richly, abundantly, gives us all we need 
so that we will be miserable. No, he gives us all we need for our enjoyment. God says, if you'll be a generous giver, I'll give you so much back, you'll get to enjoy everything. Wow. God has your enjoyment at his heart. He says, I want to bless you. I want you to have the enjoyment that life will give. Verse 18, tell them to use their money to do good, rich in good works, generous to those who need, always be ready to share with others. In other words, I'm willing to give my life away. I'm willing to share my time. I'm willing to do whatever I can do to help people. I'm willing to give all of that. By doing this, they'll be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. I believe that future talks about now in the days ahead, you'll get blessed by that. And I believe the future always talks about when I get to heaven. Whether you know it or not, in heaven right now, you have in essence a bank account. And you are making deposits into it by the way you do things that are in obedience to God. Now, how all that works, I'm not sure. But the scripture talks about it more than in one place, in several places, about laying up treasure for a head. And so I am to be a person who is a giver by nature, by heart. If I'm a Christian, I should be a giver, and I'm to be generous in my giving. We live in a world that says you keep it for yourself. You just take care of you. You don't worry about anybody else. You you hold on to what you get. You keep it. You might need it. As a Christian, I give it away. Because I know that I serve a God who is a God of abundance who will take care of me and provide for me. I could stop right here and you'd need to be working on this for weeks, wouldn't you? Because we are by nature stingy. We are by nature not givers. We want to have, we want to keep. We want to make sure we're in charge. But if I serve in a God of abundance... I'm to be a generous giver. Now, next point. Let me just kind of put this in perspective. We are to govern our giving. We are to govern our giving. In other words, I am to control things, not let things control me. I am to be in control of my money. I am in to be in control of my time. You see, there are people who live who are not in control of their calendars. They just stay busy all the time. And busy, busy, busy. Well, you know, I don't have anything to do, but, you know, I just keep going. You're to control that. It's not to control you. Money. I need to control that. You should not be working for money. You work to provide You work for enjoyment, I hope. But money is not your goal in life. And so I have to govern how I give. Luke 16, 10. Here's what Scripture teaches. If you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So I have to control how I handle things and be faithful in them. And if I am, God will give me more. If you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, in other words, if you use it in the wrong way, 
who will trust you with the true riches of heaven. What God has to give to you is much greater than anything money can buy. And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? What are other people's things? You maybe borrowed money from somebody. It's not yours. You, you should pay it back. You have a job. That time on that job is not yours. That's somebody else's. You should be faithful with that, correct? And that's what he's saying. No one can serve two masters. You will hate one, love the other, be devoted to one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Now, how clear is that? It does not say that money's evil. It just says you can't serve it and serve God. Who's going to be your master? 2 Corinthians 8.12, you know, in this governing it and giving it, and here's what Paul tells these people. Look, whatever you give is acceptable if you just give it eagerly. And give according to what you have, not what you, I don't have a lot of money I can give, Pastor. That's not the issue. Giving money to God is never about the amount. If you want to know what it's more about, it'd be more right to say it's more about the percentage. You see, remember the lady who drops a little two pennies into the treasury box when they're watching one day? We talked about that a week or two ago. Jesus says, look, out of all the people who gave money and some gave a lot, she gave the most. Why? She gave all she had. She was generous in what she gave. That's, that's what matters. Give according to what you have, not what you don't have. I don't mean that you should make life easy for others and hard for yourselves. I only mean that there should be some equity. Right now you have plenty and you can help those who are in need later. They'll have plenty and you can share with you when you need it. In this way, all things will be equal. Paul's collecting an offering. He's saying, look, I don't ask you to give something beyond your means. I'm not expecting you to just leverage it all and give it all away. Understand that. But I am asking you to be generous. So I am accountable to God for how I use his resources, correct? how I use my time, how I use his money. It's not my money. It's not my time. You see, God controls my time here on earth, doesn't he? He's the one who determines when it's done, correct? God is the one who has control of my resources, and so I'm accountable. Now, when I talk about govern, there's two principles here that I want to make sure you understand and don't miss. First of all, I am to govern objectively. Objectively. That means I am to be a person who looks at this. Okay, bear with me here. I'm going to say this. I am not to govern things emotionally. You ever had somebody put a guilt trip on you? And therefore you gave them something? Well, you spend all your time with them and never with me, and you're always doing stuff for them, and you don't do it for me, and then you start feeling bad, don't you? Don't allow your emotions to be in control of how you use your time, your energy, your money. Proverbs 21, verse 5. Good planning, hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. 
Wealth created by a lying tongue is a vanishing mist and a deadly trap. Proverbs 21, verse 20. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Proverbs 27, 23. Know the state of your flocks. In other words, know what you have. Know your resources. Put your heart into caring for your herds. Riches don't last forever. The crown might not be passed to the next generations. So I need to make sound decisions. I need to make sound financial decisions. I need a plan. I need a, ooh, this is a bad word, but I'm going to say a budget. I need to understand I am accountable for how I use my resources, how I use my time. Am I going to spend seven days a week working? That's not a wise use of my time, is it? Am I going to take all of my money and use it as I choose? That's not a good use of my money, is it? So I need to know what money I've got and where I stand financially. That means there are four things you have to know about money. Your assets. What do you own? What is it that you have that you own? And what's its value? Your income. Second, what do I earn? How much do I bring in on a regular basis? It's there. It's fairly consistent. What do I earn? My liabilities. Thirdly, what do I owe? Now, if you have a house, it might be a liability and it might be an asset. Although in the Florida market, you've got to be pretty careful. It kind of swings, doesn't it? We're in that upswing again. Everything's increasing in value. But you might owe, let's say you owe $50,000 on your house and your house is worth $100,000. You have an asset of $50,000, but you have a liability of $50,000 as well. That makes sense? I need to know that about that. I have a car, okay? It maybe has a value. How much is it worth? Well, well, that's an asset. But what do I owe? That's a liability. So you need to know your assets, your, in- your income, and your liabilities, you take those three and you're through, and I'm not going to get into it. It's your net worth. And then I need to know my expenditures. What do I spend? In other words, if I were to, where does your money go? And you go, I don't know. It just disappears. Somehow I had some at the start of the week, and now I don't know where it went. Uh, you know, I bought this and paid for this, did this and did this, and we have no idea where it went. And so I have to make good objective decisions, and I start with where I'm at. Well, pastor, I'm just so far in debt. I've done this, and I've made some bad choices, bad decisions. Okay, everybody in the room has. But let's start. You don't get out overnight. You didn't get into your financial situation overnight. Let's get work at getting out. Let's take some time. Let's manage it well. Now, that means you should have some savings. If you can't save money, you're not in a healthy financial place. You need some money put away because of a thing called a crisis. Things happen, don't they? You know, we... um, looked up one day in our closet in our bedroom 
and noticed a wet spot that kept growing and found out we had a pipe that had sprung a leak and we had to fix it. We weren't expecting that to happen. But how many of you know those things happen? Right? So, I need to work at making sure I have a little reserve, or what another term for that is, a margin. I read this statistic this week. On average, each household with a credit card carries over $8,000 in credit card debt. You see, why do we have the credit card debt? Sometimes it's because there's an emergency and we have to do it. Sometimes it's just because we're not good at managing our resources. And so I need to look at this objectively. But yet I found out people don't like you to talk to them about money. I learned as a pastor there's two things people get very uncomfortable with talking about. So I try to talk about them at least once a year. Okay? Just because I like making you uncomfortable sometimes. And so one of those things is what I'm doing today. We don't like talking about our money, and we don't like talking about sex. Oh, don't, don't go there. You know, our money. It's mine. No, it's not. It's God's. I, I, it's, it's not mine. It's His. Everything I have is His. And I'm to manage it well, objectively, black and white. I, I can look at it. I know this is what I should do and how I can do this and manage it in a way. And if you're not good at that, you could get somebody to help you. But we're too proud for that, aren't we? And by the way, we think my way's okay. I'll just make it work. And so we don't do with it what we should. And we know that God's generous and God is a God of abundance. But when it comes to our money, that's a whole other issue. So I need to understand that what Scripture teaches and what I am told is I am responsible for how I handle my resources. And as we have read, if I'm not faithful with a little, why should God give me any more? Correct? It's not just me. I I just read it for you. Just explain it to you. So I need to govern my money objectively. Secondly, I need to govern it obediently. Obediently. So... God has a plan for me and has told me how he expects me to use my money. Now, here's what we call this. We call this tithing. Just as God says, I want you to give me one day out of the week as my day. I want you to stop from your labors. I want you to give it to me. I want you to rest. I'm doing it for your benefit. With your money, I'm asking you to give me 10%. Now, you can't say, well, I'm tithing 5%. You can't do that. Well, you can, but your terminology is all right. If you go to the dictionary and look up tithe, the definition of tithe is 10%. So you can't say, well, I'm giving 5% and 10%. You're not. And so there will be times that you will have to obey God and it doesn't fit into your budget. It doesn't make sense 
Because here's the line I've heard over and over again. I can't afford it. Here's the question. Do you want God to take care of you or not? If you're faithful with a little, God will give you more. You know, there's the story about the guy who was very wealthy and he hadn't been all of his life. And when he was poor, he went to the pastor and he said, well, pastor, would you please pray for me that uh, God would help me in my money and my finances? I can't do that. And pastor said, well, if you'll begin tithing, we'll pray that God will bless you. And so over the years, God had blessed him. And then one day we got so much, he comes back to the pastor. He says, pastor, I just can't afford to tithe. Look at all the money I'm giving. And he says, I don't know what to do. Would you help me with this? He goes, yeah, sure. I'll pray that God will take away his blessing from you. How's that? In all my years of ministry and the number of people I've talked to, I have never had someone come back to me and say, you told me to tithe and it didn't work. Never. I have had many come back to me and said, I don't understand it. I don't know how this works. But since I've started this, God has taken care of me. So, Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, it's always the one everybody hates to go to. Should people cheat God? Yet you've cheated me. Jess, what do you mean? Where did we ever cheat you? You've cheated me out of the tithes and offerings. That offering is anything you give above a tithe. And so God says, there's both. The children of Israel all throughout the Old Testament had to tithe and give offerings. Much more than what you understand. They, a lot. And you're under a curse. Your whole nation's been cheating me. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, the church, so there will be enough food in my temple, church. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Only place in Scripture. Put me to the test. Test me. See me. See if I'll do this. Well, pastor, that's Old Testament. That doesn't apply today. Oh, really? It's not what Jesus said. Luke chapter 11, verse 42. He's talking to the Pharisees. What sorrow awaits you Pharisees? You're careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. Notice what he says. You should tithe. Now, that's Jesus' words. But do not neglect loving God, being fair with people, the more important things. So, I should be willing to do that. Now, the problem gets to be sometimes, well, hold it. My, my objective part of me says this is what I should be giving and this is what I should be doing. But the obedience part says I need to do this. Which one wins? Simple question. When God says something, who wins? God. And there's been times in my life, and yours as well, I'm sure, when God has said, I want you to give this amount. And I have said, come again? What? I, I can't. I, 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 do it. So you obey God rather than what black and white says. Because God will be faithful. 
Now notice, it doesn't say you give it all away. We've already established that, correct? It says, I, I do this really, but when God, when the Spirit begins to prompt me to do certain things in certain ways, I need to follow His leading rather than what the checkbook says. And so His promptings always supersede my budget. And I want to work towards giving Him tithe and offering. So I have to manage both well. I am to be a generous giver who manages what God has entrusted me with, rightly being obedient to what God wants me to do. And when those two conflict, I will do it God's way. Does that sound simple enough? Well, evidently not. But it's biblical, right? I mean, here it is. It's there. Now, if you're not willing to do that, then here's what I know about you. You do not believe that God is a God of abundance. You do not believe that God can take care of you. Simple understanding is there. One more thing. We are to give gladly. Oh, brother, this just keeps getting better, doesn't it? Gladly. Notice what it says. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. You must each decide in your heart, your heart, how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Okay, I'll give because I have to. No, God says, look, I don't want you to do it that way. If you love me, you'll be glad in doing this. You'll be more than willing. You'll be happy to do this. And if you'll do this, you'll really be happy at the way I will take care of you and provide for you. So this morning, what I would ask you is a very simple question. Are you a generous giver? Do you believe that God is a God of abundance? It always begins with you and I giving ourselves completely to God. You throw yourself into God's arms when you become a Christian. You say, God, my life is now yours. I will live for your kingdom. I will do what you tell me to do. I will be obedient to you. I give myself to you. God says, if you'll give yourself to me, I'll give you life. I'll give you joy. I'll give you peace. I'll give you everything you need. You know what? He does. I'm a testimony of it. He has. He is faithful. And if I will be faithful and then what he gives to me, I begin little, it probably will, if I'm faithful with the little, God says I can give you more. If you'll keep being faithful, I'll just keep giving. Because I'm a God of abundance. And I love it when my children are generous givers who give gladly to me. Give your life gladly to me. Give your resources, your time, your finances. Give them to me. I love that. And I'll take care of you. So do you believe that today? So would you take a moment and just bow your head just right where you're at right now and just say, God, here I am. Whatever it is in your mind right now, in your heart right now, 
where are you at with this? And would you just talk to God about it? Maybe you need to give your life to God. That's where it all begins. That's maybe where you need to start. Lord, we thank you today for your faithfulness. We thank you that we serve the God of abundance. And Lord, there's a term we throw around that says we can't outgive God. And it's the truth. So would you help us to be generous givers in all areas of our lives? Would you help us, first of all, to love like you love and to be willing to give our love no matter what? Give our resources, our time, our talent, our treasure to you. Help us to live a life that speaks of the abundance of God. We love you. Thank you for giving to us so much. In thy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.